Um, you might notice all the Christmas decor. No, we're not trying to skip Thanksgiving. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just things move a little faster out here in Cambridge. Um, come the end of the month, a lot of people start going home and enjoying their families in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. And so we just try to speed things up a little bit. Plus, we get to go right from um, our banquet into Christmas in Cambridge, which this is another opportunity, as you heard Chris talk about, to, to further bless our community and work with and partner with different organizations in our community to strengthen those who need strength, to help those who need help. And so um, I'm excited. I'm excited, but um, fortunately, we're not going to skip Thanksgiving with a sermon. We're going to speak about gratitude. Amen? Yeah. All right. I promise it's going to be good. Um, but I'm, I'm actually going to title this sermon, The Discipline of Gratitude. The Discipline of Gratitude. Now, um, if, if you know me, um, if you've been around me during this time of the year, uh, you know that I have a thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't know, it's weird. I, I don't know where it's come from, um, but I really, really do enjoy um, these two holidays. They are my absolute fave amongst all the holidays that we celebrate. Um, um, and, uh, you know, for somebody who loves this time of the year like I do, um, it's easy to kind of get lost and kind of miss the true meaning of what this time of the year is really about. You know, how many know that there's meaning here? It's not just about, you know, eating great meals, right? Although that's awesome. We're going to do a lot of that. I'm personally going to do a lot of that. That's why I've lost a little weight so I can gain some. Um, but it's more than just eating, you know, meals. It's, uh, Christmas is, uh, I think, more than getting great gifts, I think. Although I'm not 100%, you know, sure about that. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, we, we know, and hopefully we know by this time, that Thanksgiving is a time for reflection and uh, expressing thanks, uh, while Christmas clearly is still about getting great gifts. Um, but no, uh, Thanksgiving provides us with a wonderful opportunity, doesn't, doesn't it? To reflect on the ways in which God has blessed us, right? And, and throughout the year, how he's kind of met our needs, blessed us, and then we get to express that gratitude, right? We get to take a day and kind of just give thanks for all the ways that God has looked out for and provided and blessed us. And hopefully you're going to have time around the dinner table with your family, with your friends to do such. The core principles of these holidays um, that we celebrate in America are to be a way of life, though, for us as believers. Um, gratitude, for example, is something that transcends, right? It, it goes beyond, doesn't it? our American concept of Thanksgiving. If you look at 1 Thessalonians, which is our first text that we're going to observe this morning, um, the Apostle Paul says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, hmm. give thanks in all circumstances. And then he caps this command off with this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. For all of us. In other words, the apostle is saying, let your life be filled with cheer and thankfulness, no matter what happens, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for those who believe. That's a tall order. And that's what leads me to believe that gratitude 
is a way of life for the believers. I know I'm repeating that, but I want that to kind of get into your heart, into your head this morning. Gratitude appears in scripture to be, or to serve two purposes, or to do two things, if you would, and let me explain. One is, it's very important that gratitude is important. It's, it's, it's very important to scripture. The teachings of the Old Testament and the New Testament is full with passages that underscore the importance of gratitude. And this is what's hard for us, I think, mostly to ex, um, accept, um, is that it's commanded. We are commanded in scripture to be thankful, to give thanks. And 1 Thessalonians, just by the way, 5, 16 through 18, isn't an, a suggestion from the, the Apostle Paul. It's a command. So when you read the text, when you read to rejoice, you know, in all things or always, pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, it's not just him making a recommendation for us. It's him commanding that we should. And I know we don't like that in America. You know, I, I, we don't like to be told what to do, right? That's just, that's our stick. But I mean, you're gonna have to take up that argument with the big man upstairs because I didn't inspire Paul to write that. God did. But the word gratitude is mentioned 157 times, roughly, in the Old Testament, 72 times in the New. The words give thanks are used 132 times, roughly, give or take a few. And in the Old Testament, 77 times. The frequency, I believe, of which these words are used in both the Old and New Testament are meant to underscore the importance of the virtue of gratitude or giving thanks. C.S. Lewis said this, a thankful heart is one of the primary identifying characteristics of a believer. It stands in stark contrast to pride, selfishness, and worry. And it helps fortify the believer's trust in the Lord and resilience of his provision. Even, if it's, even in the toughest times, no matter how choppy the seas become, a believer's heart is buoyed by consistent praise and gratefulness to the Lord. Gratitude is vital, it really is, because it keeps us from a host of harmful emotions and attitudes that rob us from giving thanks in all circumstances, be them painful or be them pleasant. Gratitude safeguards us as believers from attitudes like bitterness and anger and self-centeredness. It also keeps our mouths from complaining when life isn't going as we think it should, when it's not easy, when there's pain surrounding and, 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 and trouble surrounding us. But it also opens our mouths to celebrate and give thanks to God when life is going well. How many know as Americans, we kind of take that whole aspect for granted as well. It's not that, that we just don't celebrate and, and show our gratitude to God when things are going so well, but we also fail sometimes to miss the mark to give thanks to God and show gratitude to God when things are going well. Essentially, thankfulness is God's remedy for unholy moodiness and uncontrolled toxic emotions. It is God's way of reminding us that every good thing comes our way from him so we should rejoice and acknowledge and give thanks to the Lord for it. I believe every of one of us struggle with this. I had a moment, and I, 
moments, I've had many moments where I've struggled with this. One moment that sticks out in my mind is when my son Abram, who's now 13, was diagnosed with Lyme's disease. I struggled greatly, um, specifically with my relationship with the Lord. I, I kind of held him responsible. Anybody ever been there? Like when you just, something hard hits your life. Maybe it's a diagnosis, you know, a, something in your, with your health. Maybe it's your marriage, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a financial struggle. And you kind of hold God responsible for it, you know? Anybody ever do that? I, mean, I know you guys are far more holy than I am, but... Um, <laughs> But I, but I had a moment, I, I, I had a long moment, it was four years. Fortunately, Abram is all the way through. He has been healed, the Lord has touched him and there's no more symptoms and signs of limes in his body, which is a miracle in of itself because this is you know, a, a, a disease that's very crippling and, 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 and doesn't naturally leave the body. Um, but during, during the struggle, seeing my son struggle, um, I, I, I struggled in my relationship with the Lord. I know that's a lot of struggling, but it was, the struggle was real. Um, I really held the Lord responsible. And I, I couldn't find a way to uh, show any kind of gratitude. Now, I think it's important to make this distinction is that the apostle's not saying, uh, be thankful for all circumstances. Right? He's saying, be thankful in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Like, I wasn't going to give thanks and, and, and kind of be like, oh, Lord, I just thank you for Lyme's disease. You know, <laughs> that's weird, first of all. But, you know, you just won't pray prayers like that. But, but I, I, I missed an opportunity, I think, within the stretch of that four years to, to be grateful really about anything. Because there were so many other beautiful things going on in life around that season, uh, specifically in my heart. And I just overlooked that moment. I think that's pretty indicative to the way some of us Christians sometimes handle and treat circumstances that don't go so well. And this is what has lead me, led me, excuse me, to believe that uh, gratitude is a discipline. It really is. The way you and I respond to good and difficult things that we go through in life, I believe, and this may be hard for some of us to accept, it's a choice. We're either going to choose to face those good and difficult circumstances with gratitude or unholy attitude. I didn't mean for those things to rhyme, but um, that's just the way it came out. But isn't it true? Isn't it true? Let me find my place in my notes. Good Lord, I think I just hit something here. Sorry, guys. I'm a note guy. Gotta, gotta stick to it. This is awkward. Is there any way we can edit this out of... Um, So let me say that again. Gratitude, right, is a discipline. This is what I learned in the process of seeing my son struggle with physical pain. I chose not to be thankful in that circumstance, not for that circumstance, but in those circumstances. And it led me to believe that the way you and I respond to good and difficult things we go through in life is a choice. We're either going to choose to face the good and difficult things that we face with gratitude or face it with an unholy attitude. Let me say this plainly. Expressing gratitude, right, is a choice. I know that's a repeat, but let me just put this little disclosure on that. And exercising, exercising that choice, that's what it is. We have to exercise. We have to voluntarily 
choose to be grateful. Yes, even in some of the most hard and difficult situations in life. And in order to do that starts with a choice that you and I make. It doesn't come as a gift to us, right? Unfortunately, the opposite is true. We are more prone to complain, aren't we? Um, but it's a choice. It's, it's a matter of saying, Lord, this is how I'm going to respond to this moment. Now, an, another thing that has brought me to this conclusion is how else are we to see the command of First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 bear its fruit in our lives? Like, how does that happen? Like, when, when, you, when you see this tall order of Paul saying, rejoice always, right? Pray without ceasing and in all circumstances give thanks. Like, how do you do that, right? I mean, like, what, what kind of power exists, you know? And the only power that I think really exists starts with you and I. Obviously, uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But, but it's a partnership, isn't it? It's a partnership. You know, um, to be honest, and I, I shared a little bit just in the testimony about my son, but um, this is an uncommon behavior. <laughs> Like, and the scriptures are saying, no, this needs to be a common behavior amongst believers. But I don't know about you, um, giving thanks doesn't come natural to me. Rejoicing always isn't my first response, especially when faced with difficulties. I've also come to realize that I fail, as mentioned, to recognize God's blessings with gratitude. Anybody do that? We just totally overlooked some obvious blessings and you, you don't take a moment to just you know, verbalize and, 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 and give thanks to God. You just think it, it just kind of happened. You know, it just, it just kind of happened. Just another day, you know, in the life of Daryl. You know, no, it just, no, they're God's blessings. And sometimes they go unnoticed and uncelebrated by us. I miss opportunities, tons of opportunities to give thanks when being blessed by God. And this is why it's important for all of us to safeguard ourselves from ingratitude, right? Something I constantly have to keep my eye, a watchful eye on. Little statistics here. The Greater Good Science Center of UC Berkeley showcased the newest findings in science and practices of gratitude. Their research concluded that when a society feels entitled to what they have received, it does not adequately express gratitude rightly. Man, if that's not America. This entitlement seems to be the result of culture's obsession, right, with seeking happiness, right? How many do that? We try to, try to you know, seek happiness and find happiness through the accumulation of things, right? The more I have, the more happier I'll be. But let me just say this, materialism is an enemy to gratitude, it's an enemy to gratitude. But yet, friends, hear me, there is hope for the local church. There is hope for God's body. Um, Christ has a way when he pours out his spirit to deal with the very issue of materialism in our hearts, right? And you know where I'm going with this, right? Acts chapter two, we quote this all the time. If you're familiar of how the early church or the church was birthed, um, there's this wonderful occasion that God kind of orchestrates in the throes of him pouring his spirit out on the small company of praying 
men and women in an upper room, there's this outcome that starts to take place and there's this eruption of like the kingdom of God advancing. And I shared a little bit last week how in this moment, 3,000 people were added to the church at this time. And here's just a little bit. I know I'm kind of, you know, moving fast through some of these accounts. But we talk a lot about Acts chapter two. And so you can go to our website, find a lot of information about it. You can read it yourself. But here's just a little bit of some of the outcomes of, of, of what the spirit of God was doing. And, and fortunately, we see um, believers being free from materialism. And we see a, 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 a peculiar and a very specific kind of rejoicing you know, becoming this community. Let's read in Acts chapter two, 42 through 47. And they, that's the early church, devoted themselves. This is in the aftermath of all that, what the spirit of God was doing. It's kind of the aftermath of what's going on. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. I love this part. And awe came upon every soul. Oh, let that happen again, God. I, I couldn't help but just be filled with awe this morning in worship. I, I don't... I don't know if there was just a good mix right here, if it was just like perfect and like, you know, a heavenly portal maybe existed here. But man, my heart was being so touched by God. And man, I, 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 this morning, thank you, Will. Thank you, Karen. Oh my goodness. And all others who were involved. Like I was filled with the awe of God. Man, we need this in the church. I really think that this is the result of what uh, took place of some of the generosity that took place. It wasn't just like, it was commanded, like, like it was the only fitting response to being in awe of God. Yeah. I don't know, you ever have those moments where you're just like, you're just full of just wonder and awe and you're just taken by God's beauty and majesty and you're just like, I would do anything in this moment. I would give anything in this moment. Man, we need moments like that in the church. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And this is where I want us to focus in on. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds, excuse me, to all as all had need or as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Just kind of zero in on the sequence that's going on here. They're just getting free of things. It's like, oh, like land, sure. You know, I don't even, Bobby has a need. I mean, I'm sure there was nobody named Bobby, but I don't know any good Jewish names. So I was just, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby has a need. Sure, let's, let's I just sell some land here. You know, just, you know, like, oh, these, these things, these, these attachments, these things that I've, 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 I've accumulated over the years, no problem. The awe of God has filled my heart. I want to help my brother out. I want to, I want to help my sister out. Generosity becomes them. Wild generosity becomes them. Wild. I mean, I don't even know to this day if I could part with some land. I don't own any. I just own my house and the land that it's on. But I mean, you know what I mean? I don't need, I don't, what inspires 
such generosity, the awe of God does. And there seems to be the sequence, right, that follows this peculiar generosity that becomes the church. And that is, they start praising God. Now, I don't know about you, but the moments where God requires a lot of me, and I'm not trying to double speak here, <laughs> right? Um, but the moments where we as a family, you know, we kind of start feeling the burden to be sacrificial, you know, anybody, whether that's with money or possessions or whatever, it is hard. Let me just say this. The last thing I'm doing is rejoicing, okay? Like, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to that check. Like, oh, Bethany, you know where this check went? We're supposed to get this, I don't know. Like, I know right where it is. I'm like, you know, it's in my bag. I'm like hiding it away. But I'm, I'm anything but happy. I'm anything but rejoicing. But the Spirit of God is at work in these people. And there seems to be this interesting connection between them being freed from their possessions and this clear joy, this unordinary, like uncommon joy in the text. Now, again, God's spirits at work clearly freeing the early church from attachments to things, their possessions and their belongings. God is ridding the church of their materialism. Oh, that he would do that again. And all the while they're praising God's. Now, one thing that I didn't read, and I don't really have time to really get into, but I'm sure many of you know this, that the science is kind of conclusive. Um, the accumulation of stuff doesn't guarantee happiness. Right? I mean, we know this. I mean, famous people are even starting to say this. I, I think Justin Bieber wrote uh, a piece on it, or maybe somebody wrote it. He was being interviewed. And, and, you know, this is a man, who, a young man who has it all, right? I mean, what is Justin Bieber? I don't, even, I don't even know what it would be like to be Justin Bieber. I mean, it's, it's like a whole other stratosphere of, like, like, wealth and, you know, popularity. But, you know, there's others. I think Bethany mentioned a, a Maverick City singer who recently came out and talked about this. But the point is, this is that um, our happiness... Um, is not the the outworking or the the drive to have more things, right? The research, though, has proven that gratitude does. According to studies, research, I'm sorry, studies, um, research is conclusive that gratitude is essential, actually, for happiness. Modern times have tried to make gratitude about being like just a mere feeling. I mean, it's just like something you kind of like, oh, I mean, sometimes are inspired to feel this way and other times not so much, but it's, it's much more than a feeling. It's far more than a feeling. Gratitude should be something first and foremost that we value. It should be a virtue that leads us to take action, not to be complacent. Just be like, oh, thank you, God, for this, and like, you know, like, thank you, for God, for that. Or, but, but to actually lead us into taking action. That's what's happening in the early church. They're just not filled with gratitude just for the sake of being filled with it. They're like actually like actively, sacrificially giving of their things so that other people can be taken care of. And in the throes of all that, they're a happy group of people. Lauren Hill, 
said this. How many know who Lauren Hill is? Am I dating myself? Okay, there's a couple of us, okay. You don't know, you better ask somebody. Look up Google. Great poet, great singer-songwriter. She said that everything we do should be a result of gratitude for what God has done for us. Let me ask you a question. What are you thankful for today? Has that thought ever entered your mind? It just took it just a step back from the chaos and busyness of this life and verbalized, actually like took time to think about things that you're grateful for. If you haven't, I, I would just plead with you, please take some time and don't do it just because it's Thanksgiving. Again, gratitude and, and expressing thankfulness is a way of life for us. It's not reduced and shouldn't be reduced to a day. Although I'm very grateful for the day. This is what's always confused me about Easter. The only day the church gets hyped and actually shows up is on Easter. I'm like, well, in all honesty, every Sunday should be a celebration of the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. I go, wait, so weird. It's so weird. It's so this. Let's, let me just say this. It's so unchristian to treat the celebration of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to just like a one day. You know, like, oh, that's just Easter. Now, I'm grateful for the holiday. I'm grateful that people that normally wouldn't come to church do come to church. I'm grateful for people who haven't been to the church for years will come because it's Easter. But don't reduce it to a day. Don't reduce being thankful and showing gratitude to God just for Thanksgiving. So what are you thankful for? Secondly, how are you expressing gratitude for God's blessings? You know, I think that's equally important. It's just not a matter of calling you know, to your memory the things that you're thankful for, but actually verbalizing how thankful you are for God's blessings. It's amazing to me as I reflected this week how many times, as I said earlier, I neglect doing that. And I'm sure there's many of us that, that do that. But God, um, God wants that of us. You know, that's even some of the Excitement. I mean, you may see me up here. You're like, what's wrong with that guy? He's like everywhere, lifting his hands, you know. He's like, I'm like a fool. No, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that Jesus has saved my life, that, that I'm sitting on this front row worshiping the King of Kings. I could be anywhere, trust me, um, giving my, given my history, but I'm here, and I'm just so very grateful. But how are you expressing your gratitude? Now, again, I know we don't like to be told what to do, you know, in the church. I know once the pastor starts like, you know, talking about this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. So American of us, so American of us. But the Bible is very clear that in the scripture, there are commands. You can choose to follow them or not. And God will not strong arm you into following them. It starts with your choice. And as we enter in to the Thanksgiving season, I want to encourage our church to not just recall what you're thankful for, but express, express using words, worship, whatever, just verbalize those things. Don't keep them quiet. You know, it's found it awkward, but once we start doing it, it, it's really helpful. 
around our dinner table with our family, we'll just mention, we're not always disciplined to do it, but from time to time, we'll mention one thing that each of us are grateful for. One thing that we would like to give thanks to God for. And again, at the beginning, it's awkward, but as it comes full circle, we start to really get into it. It's so moving. It is so moving and it's so good for the heart. And it needs to be something that we're constantly practicing in a way that we're constantly behaving. And so, if we were to wrap this up as we're going to, um, how, how would we do it? How, how, what, how, what approach could we take? Well, I think first of all, if we could have Will come up and just play us some nice, beautiful, worshipful, heart-moving music. And then maybe a, a fitting response to today's sermon is just like right where we're at is Will Place. Maybe we just do these two things. Maybe, maybe before we leave this building, we, we close our eyes and we think, we just think, we allow ourselves. And, and don't just, oh, God, I thank you for the breath I breathe, you know. Okay, that's an obvious one, all right? But, but try to think about something specific, a specific way that God came through where you just, without any doubts, no, man, apart from God doing this, <laughs> this would not have happened. And you know what, God, I forgot to pause and give thanks. And so let's, let's just take two or three minutes. I, I promise it, it won't be awkward, but, but close your eyes. If you don't want to participate, close your eyes anyways and just act like you're participating. <laughs> and, and, and start to think just about one thing that you're grateful for. Our, our gratitude to God for providing that thing. Just right where you are. You can, you can, it, it's, it's not a problem. It's gonna be beautiful. If, if we could hear your voices, you don't have to do it internally. Do it like loose your lips and just speak. God, it's just like we're praying together. Just, just start to give thanks. Come on. Some of your lips aren't moving. Okay. I, I, I'm not that good looking that you should be staring at me right now. That's for sure. So let's just close our eyes. It's a holy moment. And just to begin to verbalize in prayer. I don't hear enough lips moving. Come on. And don't just stop. Just be like, I just thank you for this, God. Just, just go there. Let your emotions go there. You know, like, like how emotional you get. Like when you know, like, man, apart from you, God, there was no hope here. I, I didn't see where this provision was going to come from. I didn't know how you were going to bless me. You know, but you did, God. And I'm grateful for it. Come on. A couple more minutes. Just verbalize. Maybe it's a couple things. Hey, take, take time, like, like just a couple minutes. Like maybe there's a couple things. I can think of a couple things off the top of my mind that, man, I just, I know that without God's involvement, it was, that situation was hopeless. <laughs> but God, but God broke through. <laughs> Thank you. 
Take a little time. Take a little time. This is, this is worship. This is, this is worship, God. Come on. Don't leave me hanging. Don't make me feel awkward here. Join in. Chatter away. Talk to God. Learn how to do it, guys. This is what we're doing. We need to learn how to do this in our bedrooms, in our dorm rooms, with our spouses. We need to learn how to pause the traffic that is bustling in our minds and just take a moment to reflect, not just one time of year, but throughout the year, the things that we are grateful for, the things that we are thankful for, the things that God is breaking through in, and the thing that God is blessing and providing for us. Come on, a couple more minutes. Lord, always. Father, I, I pray, God, that now as we've presented the truth, that the truth would get deep inside of our hearts and do its work, that the Holy Spirit, much like the early church was convinced, Lord, that we would be convinced and, Lord, we would live according uh, to the way and, 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 and kind of like a mirror, Lord, uh, that of the early church, Lord, as we 
fall more in love, Lord, with your son and your son's ways, the ways that just stand out so differently than the ways and the practices of this world. As we reflect and we look deep at Jesus, we ask, Father, that your spirit of God, that your spirit would transform us into the image of your son. That, that, that in this area, in gratitude and thanksgiving, Father, we would look like Jesus, we would sound like Jesus, and we would fiercely commit ourselves to the command of 1 Timothy 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. We pray this in your precious Son's name. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to make a big deal of this, and this is where we're going to close out, but I'd be a fool to think that everybody here this morning is a believer in that you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that, that you are a follower, a disciple of Jesus, that what I'm saying here makes sense because you've already reconciled the first issue, and, and, and that is making Christ your Lord and Savior. But I would be a fool to think that everybody has done that. And I think it's fitting that we give an opportunity for those who may want to respond to the gospel and make Jesus the Lord of their life. I think it'd be fitting for us to provide an opportunity for that. So we're not gonna make a big deal of it. But if, if you're here this morning and you'd like to find out a little bit more information on the story of salvation, the message of Jesus, I would be happy to meet with you. I would be up front here. Come talk. We'll pray with you. And there'll be others here as well to do that. We want to give an opportunity for maybe some to respond in that manner. Secondly, um, there's always a small team of people up here wanting to pray with you. If there's anything anyone needs here today, you just need another brother, another sister to join in and agree with you in the place of prayer for whatever, that breakthrough in your body, that breakthrough in your relationship, that breakthrough in your finances, whatever it might be. There are gonna be some people up here that want to do that. So the front will be open, please don't leave. If you need prayer, come and receive and pray with somebody. And lastly, um, Christmas in Cambridge, December 4th, another opportunity. It's, it's a wild ride where I feel like almost every month now we're involved in some kind of you know, outreach to our community. And I thank Andrew and his team for kind of refocusing us. And um, we have another opportunity to engage and be involved with the needs of our community. And so um, over there, Lily, wave your hands. That's where you can receive uh, some of the gift boxes that we have um, for the organization that we're working with and the bulbs that we have for the families whose children need gifts. So please stop by, grab something. She'll give you those next steps, all the information that you need of what happens. So um, let's, 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 let's just continue a, a, this spirit of generosity, right, in our church. And let's bless this city um, wildly. Amen. Other than that, church, as always, I love you. And I can't wait to see you next Sunday and do all this all again. And, um, but until then, have a great day.